Bibles with you today. We're going to be reading just one verse to open up with. The book of Deuteronomy chapter 2. If you'll stand with me all over the room this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 2 and verse 7. The word said, The Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He has watched over your journey through this vast wilderness. These 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you, and you have not lacked anything. I want to preach to you this morning for a few moments a message I've just simply titled, Coming Out of the Wilderness. Coming out. Would anybody like to come out of the wilderness this morning? Coming out of the wilderness. If you will, just lift your hands all over this room. Pray with me and for me. Father, we just thank you this morning for your presence, your anointing. We thank you, God, for your spirit that we feel in this place. Lord, I pray for the next few moments. That, Lord, you would just remove every hindrance, every distraction, Lord, that would prohibit us this morning from hearing and receiving what your word wants to speak to your people today. God, I pray you would anoint these lips of clay, that I won't speak, Lord, my words or even with the enticing words of men's wisdom, but that, God, your word would come forth today in the demonstration and the power of your spirit, that you would anoint every ear to hear and every heart to receive, Lord, what you want to speak to your people today. And, God, I pray this morning. Just as last week we left this place encouraged that something good was about to happen. God, I pray today that there would be many that would walk out of this place today saying in the name of Jesus, I'm coming out of this wilderness. We give you the glory, we give you the honor, and we give you the praise for it before it even happens. In advance, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said Amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap of praise this morning, if you would. You may be seated. It seems that a lot of people today find themselves in a confusing, dry place. Many times unaware of how they got there. And many times unable to find a way out. And if you can relate to that this morning, I want to encourage you from the Word of God today and particularly with a verse of Scripture from the Song of Solomon. And we're going to read some more than just one verse, but I want to pull out one verse this morning to encourage you with from the Song of Solomon. Because the Song of Solomon, if you haven't read that, it's one of the most beautiful books in the entire Bible, especially when you read it with understanding. The Song of Solomon is a story of a bridegroom and his bride. It's, it's a parallel of the church of Jesus Christ and Jesus being the bridegroom and the beautiful love that they each have for one another. And the bride's description of the incredible relationship that she has had with her bridegroom is probably similar to what many of us experience when we first came to know Jesus Christ. Do you remember what it was like when you first accepted Jesus? Does anybody remember what it was like that day that you first found out that Jesus died for your sins, that it did not matter who you were, where you had been, what you had done, where you had came from, that the blood of Jesus Christ could free you and set you free. Does anybody remember what that was like this morning? 
And at that time, that's when, if you're saved, that's when you opened up your heart and you gave your heart to the Lord and you gave Him your life and suddenly nothing else really mattered except Him and your relationship with Him. And I clearly remember the days when I would go to church as a new believer in Christ Jesus. And I remember that enthusiasm. Lord have mercy, some of us need that back. Can I get a witness? I remember that enthusiasm. I remember that excitement. I remember that joy that we had. If the church needs anything restored today, it's the joy of the Lord because Nehemiah said the joy of the Lord is my strength. That joy that we had found in Jesus. But however, we read that one day this bride recognizes, hear me this morning, that something has happened. Her bridegroom is missing. She feels like he's near somewhere, but she cannot see him. So she heads out to find him. And she goes searching, the Bible says, through the entire city. And eventually she finds him, or I would venture to say that maybe, or guess that maybe he found her. And it then says in the Song of Solomon, chapter 8 and verse 5, Who is this coming up from the wilderness? Leaning on her beloved. I just want to focus on that first part of that verse. Who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? The bride is leaning on her groom. Which reminds me of the fact that in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4 and verse 15, I believe it is. I didn't give them this passage of Scripture. I believe that's where it's at. Uh, we, we, we read in the Scripture that we don't have a high priest. That, that cannot be moved or touched by us, but he uh, is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. I'm thankful this morning that when I feel like I can't go on on my own, I can lean on Jesus, and he can be touched by the feelings of our infirmities. He's not distant from us. He's not indifferent to us. He's not angry with us when we struggle. Can I get somebody to say, thank you, Jesus? That he's not angry with us when we struggle. Some of y'all, the only problem is you won't admit that you struggle. But if you're not going to admit that you struggle, you need to notify your face and your hands before you come in here. Because the fact that you stand there looking like death warmed over, oh, that got quiet. While we're worshiping a most high God, that tells us that you're struggling. And... I'm thankful that God is not distant from us or angry with us when we struggle. And I said we. Therefore, because as we call upon him, even when we're walking through a wilderness experience, we know that Jesus will not only come and get us, but he will strengthen us, he will guide us, he will take us where we need to go, even when we have to lean on him. Is anybody glad about that this morning? So I have a question for you today. Are you in the wilderness? I believe a lot more of God's people than actually even realize it sometimes are in the wilderness. Let me explain. In the book of Luke, we see Jesus at the age of 30-something 30, I think, that's what most scholars believe, at the beginning of his public ministry, because most believe that his public ministry was three and a half years. And we believe 
we see Jesus at the beginning of that public ministry that would ultimately take him to the cross. And in order for Jesus to fulfill the ministry that God the Father had given him, God's Holy Spirit that we've been talking about had to come upon him. And Jesus had to walk in obedience to the will of his Father. Now, I love to preach things that make you shout, but sometimes I have to preach things that make you have a reality check. How many knows the Holy Ghost is real? But how many knows that that don't mean you won't go through it just because you've got the Holy Ghost? The scripture says in Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And a lot of times we want to read this passage of Scripture and we want to believe that just because Jesus was the Son of God, we, that he came up from these waters of baptism and the Holy Spirit came upon him and he went straight from this passage of Scripture to the temple. And he would declare as he did in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, Oh, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free. A lot, I've heard a lot of preachers preach it from the baptism to here. But I want to bring something to your attention this morning. Between that river of baptism in Luke chapter 3 and this declaration in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, you know what was in the middle? A wilderness. The scripture says in Luke chapter 4 and verse 1, watch this, Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Jesus also said of his cross in Matthew 16 and 24, I didn't give him this one either, but he said something to the effect of this, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Folks, it's reasonable to conclude that if we're going to follow in the footsteps of the one who went to the cross and bring his message of salvation to this community and this entire world, there's going to be a wilderness moment for us as well. We are all, say all, going to be tested. Jesus was taken. See, it's hard for us to picture this because we want to talk about all the glorious, wonderful things of the Spirit. But we don't really talk much about that Jesus was taken by the Spirit. It was the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, that took him into the wilderness. Do you know why the Holy Spirit took him into the wilderness? He took him into the wilderness to see if he was willing to fulfill the ministry that God had given him. He was well aware that he was called to a ministry of suffering and being given for the needs of other people. But it was going to require the pouring out of his life, if you will. In fact, Jesus also told his followers in John chapter 16 and verse 33, In this world you will have tribulation. But he didn't leave us there. He let us know we were going to have tribulation. There's going to be trouble. There's going to be strife. There's going to be stress. He said, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. But listen to your pastor this morning. 
You are not going to escape trouble. Anybody who takes this book and tries to preach anything else to you is not preaching the full gospel. Now, I'm hesitant to do this this morning, so I'm not going to call names. But there are some preachers on TV, some of which I have really, in the past, taken a liking to. But the wiser I get and the older I get, and I can say that now because i got lots of gray to prove it. But let me tell you what I realize. I realize some of them ain't preaching the whole gospel. If you're looking for somebody that's going to preach you that it's always prosperity, you're looking for another gospel. If you're looking for somebody that's going to preach you, you're always going to be up on cloud nine, you're looking for another gospel. If you're looking for somebody who's going to preach to you even that you can speak your way out of whatever you're going through, you're looking for another gospel. But if you want the full gospel of God, you just realize that when you go through the wilderness, and you will. When you go through trouble, and you will. When you go through sickness, and many of us will. When you go through death, all of us will lose somebody that we love at one point or another. When you go through things in this life that you cannot face on your own, I'm thankful to know this morning, this book does not promise you you won't go through it, but what it does promise you is that you can lean on Jesus and he will carry you through every single time. Trouble will be part of your journey. He said, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. In other words, listen to me this morning. You can be saved, sanctified, and full of the Holy Ghost. But sometimes you still have to walk through the wilderness. There were three tests in this passage of Scripture that I want to look at this morning. The first test, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tested just as we will be. Sometimes you will be tested. The first test that came to him, Luke chapter 4 and verse 3. The devil said to him, If, say if, if you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. How many times have you listened to the devil whisper in your ear, If you were where you say you are with the Lord, you wouldn't be going through this. If... You had done this or that. I want you to picture for a moment the church, the, the people of God going through the same wilderness testing, just like Jesus. And the devil comes with a theological test and he says, if you are so close to God, if he is your father, then command this stone to be made bread. In other words, here's another gospel that's being preached today. Use your proximity to the father for your benefit. Use it to satisfy your hunger. Use it to get what you want. And sadly, many of God's people have fallen into this theological trap. And they settle into churches where their whole theology is based on the idea of using the power of God to fill their bellies, to pad their pockets. And to make everything hunky-dory. And these people may think that they're in the promised land, but in reality, they are in the wilderness. They are stuck between the place of the calling of God and the beginning of the fulfillment of the ministry. Are you with me? You can get stuck between the place of the calling of God and the fulfillment of the ministry. 
And although they may try to convince themselves that they're in a promised land, there's a strange dryness and powerlessness that comes. And I'm not preaching against any other churches today, but I am going to tell you this. There are plenty of places that will be filled to capacity this morning. But there is no power of God present. The second test was when the devil showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the world in one moment of time. And he said this to him in Luke chapter 4 and verse 7. He said, if you worship me, it will all be yours. In other words, if you will just do it my way. If you will just do it a quicker way. You can have the kingdom now. You don't have to suffer. You don't have to be rejected or go to a cross. You can have everything right now. And I want you to remember the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and he said, you are all reigning now. You are all kings and I wish you indeed were reigning and I would reign with you. But Paul added, yet we apostles are like the scarring of the earth. We are buffeted. We are struggling. We have to scrape for the strength to go forward. I want to tell you this morning, many people have fallen into the temptation of trying to skip the the hardship and go straight to the victory. Are you with me? They, they want to skip going through, but listen, they spend their whole existence coming to church just to be told that you're a king. You're the head and not the tail, and that is the word, but it's misused sometimes. You are ruling and you're reigning in life, yet there's never any mention of sacrifice. There's never any mention of suffering. Paul said, oh, that I may know him in the fellowship of his suffering. I want to know know God through the times of testing. I want to know God through the times of trial. I want to know God through the times of wilderness because it's in the valley. It's in the wilderness. It's in the trouble and the strife that I learned to lean on Him when I cannot go on myself. And many times other people fall into that category and they, they think there's no need to yield to what God has for their life for the sake of others. But you need to sometimes go through some things so that you'll understand how to help somebody else. The third test that he went through in the wilderness, and I'm not going to be very long today, it's found in chapter 4, verses 9 through 11. It's when the devil brought Jesus to Jerusalem and he set him up on the pinnacle of the temple. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. He said, if you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And I see this as a group of people who gather in the name of God, who gather in the name of Christ, but yet deep down at the core of their heart, they have difficulty believing. And I, I feel like we, this is, this is something that we really need to get a hold of in the church today. They have difficulty believing in the core of their heart that God is faithful, and that his word can be trusted, and that he will do what he says he will do. See, it's easy. Mm-hmm. It's easy to quote the scripture and try to encourage somebody else when you've never been through 
what they're going through. It's easy to say, I don't really understand what's got them in that kind of shape because God's word says this and God's word said that. But if you've never walked where they're walking, you've heard the old saying, don't judge a man until you've walked a mile in his shoes. If you've never carried what they're carrying, it's easy for you to say that. I see this as a group of people who who have difficulty believing that God is faithful and that his word will be trusted. And then there's this, here's this third thing out, and there's, there's a lot more, but I'm just going to touch on three this morning. But here's this third thing that's out. You can go from one extreme to the other, and this is one of the things that's out, you might say, in the Pentecostal realm today. There's these people that are always needing a sign to simply believe God's word. Always looking for a sign and a wonder and a prophet, and a prophecy, and give me a word. I want to tell you, you got a lot of words right here. I said you got a lot. You don't need somebody else to give you a word. You've done been given the word. Open the word and read the word, and God will speak to you through his word. But people that always need a sign to believe, they want all kinds of flashiness and distractions, and they need a the best way I know how to describe it is a sensory experience to believe that God is in their midst. But then when a trial comes, they no longer believe. They're constantly doubting the word of God. Always wanting to put God to a test to prove that he can be trusted. And I know I'm not going to get a lot of excitement out of what I'm about to say. I don't expect it in this service and I don't expect it at the 11 a.m. service. But I'm going to tell you this morning, there's going to be times when you won't get a sign. There's going to be times that you won't feel a thing. There's going to be times that worship will happen. But if you're waiting on something to move you, then you'll miss your opportunity to worship. There's going to be times that if you're waiting on things to get better... So that you can have a shout of victory, you're going to miss the opportunity to receive the victory. Because what you were supposed to do was what Jehoshaphat did. And that's praise him with the victory before it even happens. There's going to be times, church, when you don't feel. See, this, this is where we, for those of you that don't like Pentecost. And you think that we're too emotional. This is, this is the part you're going to like about this message today. Many times, we are too hung up. On a feeling. Popular song that came out in the 70s, I think, hooked on a feeling. There are going to be times when you don't feel a thing. There's going to be times when serving God feels lifeless. It feels mundane. It feels like it's the same old boring routine and it doesn't make any difference anyway. There's going to be times that you're going to walk through that testing and you will. Listen, but don't listen to your pastor this morning. You will walk through it, but don't let it hinder your faith. I said, don't let it hinder your faith. And if you will just, you're just going through a time of testing. So what do I do, pastor? I'll tell you what you do. You keep on keeping on. You keep on reading the word. You keep on praying. You keep on worshiping. Even when you don't feel like it, you keep on lifting your hands. You keep on shouting a praise. You keep on paying your tithes. You keep on going to church. Because if you will, I promise you, God is waiting to carry you out of that wilderness. 
You're just going through a time of testing. And if you'll just trust God, hold on to His Word, stand strong in your faith, on the other side of that test, and there will be another side. On the other side of that trial, listen to me, there's a new level of anointing and a new level of empowerment for service that you are about to step into. What are you talking about, Pastor? We read after these three tests in the wilderness that Jesus returned to Galilee. The Bible said, you know how he returned? He returned in the power of the Spirit. Now, those of you that don't like Pentecost, this is the part you ain't going to like. And news of him spread all through the surrounding regions. It spread everywhere. The Bible said he began to teach in their synagogues. And this is when he came to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He found the place in the book of Isaiah. And he began to read what I quoted to you earlier. But I'm going to go on a little bit farther with verses 18 and 19. He said, after he returned from the testing, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to... To proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. God, the Holy Spirit, led him into the wilderness. And he allowed him to be bound up, if you will, by the circumstances that surrounded him. He allowed him to be blinded, if you will. By Have you ever been in a place where you felt like the situation just had you blinded? You couldn't see God clearly. It had your ears stopped up. You couldn't hear God clearly. You felt like you were bound up and you couldn't get out of that place that you found yourself in. I want to tell you this morning, sometimes the Holy Spirit leads you through that wilderness experience so that you can come out and say, God, I've been there. God has anointed me to tell you, you can be set free. Jesus was saying, then go ahead and come to the music this morning. Jesus was saying, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because I've been anointed to go to the cross. By going to the cross and yielding my life as an atonement for sin, the poor will have the treasure of heaven open up to them. The oppressed will be given new freedom and new life, and everybody will know that this is the day of their salvation, the day they can be set free. And in contrast to that, rather than being able to rightfully declare this over their lives, many of God's people are still going through the wilderness. Many people are still trying to use the gospel to fill their bellies, pad their pockets, wanting to bypass the road of suffering and go straight to ruling and reigning and always needing proof that God can be trusted. But by the mercy of God, I believe that preached to you last week something good was about to happen I believe there's a stirring in the church I sense it there's a stirring in the church just as was with the bride in the song of Solomon there's a sudden yearning by some there's a lot of people I've discovered that do you know that our for, for the most part our church is over 60% non-Pentecostals now. Did you realize that? And there's a lot of people attending worship here. And you know what I'm finding? 
Some of them don't understand everything. But there's a hunger there. Because there's a connection to something that's real. There's, there's a connection in the spirit that flows breast to breast that I'm not exactly sure about all this, but I, I, I know what I sense. I know what I feel. And I believe there's a sudden yearning amongst a lot of people for that love relationship, something that's been missing in their walk with Jesus. There's more for you than what you've been living for. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live with just a shadow of God's presence. Do you? I don't want to just walk in a shadow of God's presence. I want to walk in true intimacy with the Lord. I want to walk hand in hand with Him. I don't want to live my life trying to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing when God has already declared and decreed a plan for my life that is greater than anything I could ever fully understand. I don't want to live this Christian life just merely trying to preserve my own comfort. I want to be able to stand before you and say, hey, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me today. I want you to be able to stand and say, hey, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me today to preach the gospel to you. Now I want to wrap this up with this. So let's go back to Solomon and back up to the fifth chapter. Three chapters before where we read. When the bride left her bed and she went out into the streets to search for her bridegroom, we read in Song of Solomon chapter 5 verses 5 and 6, I rose to open for my beloved and my hands dripped with myrrh, my fingers with flowing myrrh on the handles of the bolt. I opened for my beloved, but my beloved had left. He was gone. My heart sank at his departure. I looked for him, but did not find him. I called him, but he did not answer. In other words, you know what this bride had to do? She had to determine, and you are the bride of Christ. You have to determine. I'm going to find him. I'm going to do whatever it takes. In the middle of this wilderness experience, I'm going to keep going until I find myself where he is. It was a yearning that was inside her heart, just like the yearning that's in the hearts of the bride of Christ. And I want to tell you this morning, for those of you that are tired of living in a dry place, tired of pretending, and I wish that the people of God would stop pretending. Tired of pretending to reign when you're not reigning. Tired of not fully trusting God. Tired of being discouraged by the devil. I have some more good news for you this morning. I tried to the best of my ability last week to encourage you that God was about to do something good. And I've got some more good news for you today. Hold on. I said, hold on. The bridegroom is coming to get you. Did you hear me? You finally recognize Jesus. You're the bridegroom and I'm the bride. I don't want to be apart from you. I want to be doing what you're doing. When you realize that and when you just hold on, I want to tell you this morning, I firmly believe Jesus is going to take you by the hand and he's going to lead you out of that wilderness. Just as in the verse, your only requirement is this though. You've got to learn to lean on him. Lean. Here's what lean means. It means to cast one's weight on something else.
for support. To rely on for support or inspiration. Let Jesus take you by the hand. You just lay your weight on Him. And I promise you, He will guide you every step out of that wilderness. If you'll stand with me all over the room. Reminds me of an old song this morning. Anybody remember the old song that we used to sing? It said, I lean on you, Lord. Anybody remember that? It said, I lean on you, Lord. I lean on you, Lord, for the things that I need. I lean on you. When I don't know what to do, I've got the faith you're going to see me through. To supply my every need, I lean on you. This morning, I see a bride that is coming out of the wilderness, leaning on her beloved. And I don't know what your wilderness is this morning. I don't know what you are going through. I know that for the past two solid weeks, the Lord has dealt with me that there are people in this congregation that are going through things. And before something good happens on a corporate level in the church, there's going to have to be some people that recognize and realize where their help comes from. I don't know what you're going through, but what I know is this. If you are part of the bride of Jesus Christ, He has not forgotten you. He has not left you. And He will not leave you. Take that a step further and tell you that He's ready to meet you here. He's waiting on you to come lean on Him so He can bring you out of that wilderness. And I want to tell you this morning as a pastor, you know who you are if I'm talking to you this morning. You've been in that wilderness long enough. I said you've walked around in that wilderness long enough. And today's the day that you got to decide that you want to come out. And if you want to come out of that wilderness, I want to tell you this morning, if you'll make that first step, and if you'll not try to do it, what's the Bible say? It says, trust the Lord with all your heart and lean. We're talking about leaning, not unto your own understanding. I don't care what it may look like or what it may seem like to you. Don't lean on your understanding. Make up in your heart and in your mind that you're going to trust God. You're going to lean on God. And if you'll do that, I promise you this morning, God's going to bring you out of that wilderness. And when you come out, this is it and I'm done. We're going to open this altar. When you come out, you'll come out with greater anointing. Whew, I feel that. You'll come out with greater power. And you'll come out with a greater blessing than ever before. I came to tell somebody this morning, if you will come to him, he's going to bring you out of that wilderness. I don't know what they're going to sing. I just know I'm, I'm not going to do anything fancy. You know what? I think my days of trying to beg and bribe people to come are over. We're living in a time that if you want God to move, you're going to have to make it up in your own mind. You're going to have to decide for yourself. I can't do it for you. None of the other staff in this church can do it for you. 
But I want to tell you what I know to be true this morning. See, some of y'all think that church is just something that you go to just because it's a good thing to do. Somebody cites a scripture, sings a few songs, says a nice prayer, and everybody leaves and goes to the steakhouse or the Mexican restaurant because God knows that's the only thing we got to eat in Corbin. But anyway, they leave and they go on about their day, and then you're going to go on about your week, and then that's all there is to it. No, I don't know if you've not figured it out yet, but I found something. I found a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I found an empowerment. Maybe you don't know about it, but I've been able to walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil. Why? Because the Spirit of God is with me and He will carry me. And if He'll carry me, He'll carry you. But you cannot make it off my experience. But you can make it off yours if you'll come. And if you'll say, God, I'm going to lean on you today. I want you to bring me out of this wheelchair.